Ollie got a letter once that contained a case for him. The letter said, Dear Ollie, enclosed you will find a map. I believe it to be a treasure map. I have tried to solve it myself, though, and I am not at all familiar with Baltimore. And, well, honestly, it's just not the sort of thing that I'm clever about. So here's what I propose to you. If you help me find the treasure, I'll give you 20% of its value. And if that ends up being less than your hourly rate would have been, then I will instead pay your hourly rate. If you accept, please give me a call at this number, and he gave a number. If you decline, that is entirely fine. Please put the map in an envelope and send it back to me. There's a stamp inside the envelope that you can use. Well, thank you very much, Ollie. I looked at the map, and it has a, it was a map sort of of Baltimore City, and it had numbers written on it in certain places. And then on the back of the map, there were clues. Um, but the first clue was pretty thorough, and the clue got more, clues got more vague from there. So I thought, huh, this does sound kind of interesting. So I called up the number and said, hi, this is Ollie the Octopus. Ah, excellent, Ollie, I'm glad you called, so you'll take the case. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll take the case, I'll give it a shot anyway. I said, excellent, excellent, glad to hear it. Well, do you have any questions, or is there anything I can do to help you get started? And I said, no, I mean, I guess the only question I would have is, do we know what kind of treasure we're looking for? You know, what am, I, am I looking for, like, a big, you know, treasure chest? I said, well, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, but I think so. I think it may be, I think it is pirate treasure, in fact. And I think it will indeed be in a large chest. So that's what I know, but I don't know a whole lot. The map came to me from my uncle, who says that he bought it in a pawn shop in Thailand. And I says, huh, it's a weird provenance. Said, indeed, it is. Well, good luck. And uh, do feel free to call if you have any questions, and I'll try to be as helpful as I can. I said, all right. So the first point on the map, well, it was near Mount Vernon, which is a neighborhood south of here. And looked back at the clue, and it said, Baltimore had this before. Washington, D.C. had. Theirs is bigger, but I think ours is more interesting. And I thought, aha. Well, I know exactly what that is. That's the Washington Monument. Because we had our Washington Monument in Baltimore before the one in D.C. It's designed by the same person. But, but ours is more than just an obelisk. It's a column with a statue on top. So that's got to be what that is. So he went there to the Washington Monument and got the map again. It said, follow where I point. To a house of learning and music.
learning. Now I thought, huh. Well, the statue points, I guess I'd be southeast. So this puzzle wasn't terribly hard either. Because southeast of the statue is the Peabody. I'd say, well, that's got to be the Peabody Library, the Peabody Conservatory of Music, I should say. And said, so the famous library. I looked at the rest of the clue. I said, in there, fifth floor, rack 10. And I gave a number. I said, all right. So we went to the library. And it was indeed a tall library with many floors. So we went to the fifth floor. and looked, but the racks, they didn't have numbers on them. They were marked by section. I mean, they had numbers, but it wasn't like one through 10. But they used the Dewey Decimal System. Um, so they had some subjects on them, what, you know, what was in, but they didn't have numbers. And so we went and talked to a librarian. But I'm wondering, I'm looking for a book. It's a really old reference. It says it's going to be on the fifth floor in rack 10. And the bride said, oh, yeah, it's been a long time since we had that numbering system. But, but yes, it was in the 80s that we changed that, but it had been in place for a long time. And uh, in rack 10, well, let's see, hold on a second. I think I have the old map here. You rummaged through some files and brought something up on the computer. I said, ah, here we go, yes. I'll take you right to it. And they looked, and the guy found, you know, they printed out a map corresponding of where the numbered shelves, more than racks, I mean, where the numbered shelf would have been. I said, ah, this would be shelf 10. And then what's the book that you're looking for? And he showed on the number, and it's like, ah, it's not the Dewey Decimal System, but, oh, I see. It's the publication number. Um, easier than looking at rack 10, but you go back into the computer and put in the publication number, and we'll see if we still have the book that it's referring to. Because we've also reorganized some things over time, and, you know, books come in and out. So let's go take a look at the computer. I took a look at the computer. And there was indeed an entry for the publication number that it said. I said, ah, okay, well, that actually is on the fifth floor still. It's in the shelf that would have been shelf seven. But, yeah, that, that section's been reorganized, so that's not too surprising. So they went, and they found the book. And they opened it up. And it was a musical history of Baltimore. I said, oh, interesting. I guess it makes sense we'd have that here, but... Well, here you go. If there's anything else I can do to help you with your research, please let me know. And I said, thank you. And he got the book out, and he got the map out. So this, this is the key to the rest of the map. It's got to be. Because the rest of the map, the other clues had these sort of vague historical references that were, even though all he knows the city pretty well, not familiar to him. People restaurants, locations. There were a couple of things, like the old post office that all I knew about. And, um, but with this, he was able to put together this, this path that whoever made this map wanted them to 
look at. And in each of the locations, from there forward, there was another hint. So at Old St. John's, for example, it said Undercroft, southern easternmost pillar, loose tile. It's all, he went to St. John's, which is down there. That's what it's called. Anyway, and he got his way into the Undercroft. He didn't really have to sneak in, but he also didn't necessarily ask for permission. And he poked around near the southeastmost pillar. As he poked around on the floor, he found indeed a loose tile. It was heavy. But he pulled it up, and it came. And underneath there was a small chest. And he pulled it out. He opened it up, and it was full of rubies. Just full. Probably the whole chest was about the size of a birthday cake, roughly. All full of rubies. So I put that back in and closed the tile and made a little note to himself. And then he went to the other locations, and they were all kind of like that. Uh, one of the buildings was now the Enoch Pratt Library. There he had a little bit of trouble because the location was in the basement and the stacks and the public isn't usually allowed to go to the stacks. So all they had to be sneaky. But oh, he's good at being sneaky. So he asked one of the librarians for something that he knew was in the stacks. And when the librarian went down, and there was nobody watching him, all he followed. And all he snuck up into the ceiling and hid until the librarian came back and closed the door behind her. Then he dropped down and let himself down into the stacks, and he followed the clues. And there was an old, the clue was inside of an, oh, a, um, like an old heating system. And I opened it up and there's another chest. This one full of emeralds. <sighs> so I made a note and put it back. There was one, in a, there was one in a park. And now I went ahead and took that one. He didn't want to take the stuff that was inside of a building that, you know, was publicly owned or owned by some charitable group because he didn't think it was fair to take this thing when he didn't know the story behind it. But in the places like the parks where the clue led to just a random piece of public land, he did take the chest with him. I got to all of the... What was the chest in the park? Ah, that one was less valuable, actually, but still interesting was these beautiful lapis lazuli sculptures. Little tiny sculptures. Well, not tiny, but like, you know, the size of your thumb. Around that size. But made out of lapis lazuli, which is a blue stone. And it was Chilean lapis lazuli, which is a deeper blue and more interesting than Afghanistani lapis lazuli. And then there was one that was under the water, but that's okay for Ollie. It was a hard puzzle to figure out. But it was down underneath the USS Constellation. Of course, that wasn't there at the time. Uh, so he had to follow the 
clues, but that ended up being where it was. And he pulled that up. I had to be kind of subtle about that because, you know, all the people were down there. And he pulled that up and it was full of diamonds. And I was starting to get really excited that even if he took, you know, the 20% of just the ones that were on open public places, this is a pretty good haul. And that was the last one. So he called the guy up and said, well, I think you're going to be pleased. I've got, I think, all the chests located or in my possession. The guy said, great. So was it really, does it seem like it's really pirate treasure? And I said, yeah, I mean, it is these little chests, not a big chest. Little ones, about the size of a birthday cake. But they're full of gems. Lapis lazuli, emeralds, rubies, diamonds. I thought, oh, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Do you have them all? He said, well, no, there's a problem. I said, what's the problem? The two of them are in buildings that are public buildings. One's the library and one is old St. John's. And it doesn't feel right to take these valuable things out of their property without their permission. It feels like stealing in a way that the ones that were in public parks and under the water don't feel like stealing. The guy says, ah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Well, how would you feel, Ollie, if we made generous donations from each of the chests to the institution where the chest has been hiding? Maybe we put 40% of those chests content to those chests, they send them to the institution. Or maybe, maybe more better to just send the money of the that equivalent. I said, I guess I'd feel pretty good about that. We could give them a choice if they want the gems or if they want the cash equivalent. The guy on the phone said, well, Ollie, I, I want to step back here a second. It's not we, it is I. This is my project and I've hired you. But I don't want you starting to think that you've got a lot of decision-making power here. I need you to stay as someone that's working for me on this project. I said, oh, of course. I'm sorry, absolutely. But I do want to see that these, it's done ethically. If you want me to, keep helping you. The guy says, deal, fine, yes, I want to anyway, but yes. And then I said, okay, oh, I forgot the owner's accent, sorry. <laughs> I said, ah, yes, well, that's fine, we can, yes, I want to anyway. So, yes, we'll donate 40% of the value of the chests to the place that you found it, St. John's and the library, respectively. I said, all right, I'll go fetch those chests then. Oh, excellent. You've got all the chests. Now we should meet up. And I'll give you your share. And perhaps you can help me make the arrangements with the library and St. John's. I said, yeah, I'd be happy to. So they met at a coffee, at a, a restaurant, rather, nearby. It has big booths with high walls so people couldn't see what they were doing. 
And the guy that hired Ollie had called in a favor. And it, I said, I've arranged for a curtain to be put across our booth so people can't see what we're up to in here. The waiter will knock. And, uh, oh, dinner's on me, by the way. So they had a nice dinner, and they got out all the chests. And man, it was an impressive display. Like I said, well, I would have liked to have kept more of it, but I think that you've done pushed me to a right thing about the library and the church. Yes, yes. And in any case, I'm far better off with you having found the tests than I was going to be, not having them, having a map that I couldn't solve. So overall, I'm pleased. And the question is for you, Ollie, do you want your portion in gems or do you want your portion in cash? And I said, well, what would you think about me taking one of each gem and then the rest, the cash value? So that seems entirely appropriate, and I'm fine with that. And I said, but hold on, I've got one thing I wanted to ask about. What's the story here? I mean, do these things have historical value in, in addition to monetary value? Would these be things that maybe a museum would give you more than a, you know, a jeweler would? And the guy said, oh, that's an interesting thought. Yes, they very well might. Are you willing to hold off on your commission until I've had a chance to speak to who, though? Um, perhaps the Baltimore Museum of Art would be a good place to start. And I said, yeah, I'll tell you what, why don't you give me my five gems? And that'll be a good faith, you know, donation, and then I'll, uh, and then you can talk to the BMA and see what they think. I said, excellent. Well, the BMA didn't want the gems. I mean, they wanted them, but they couldn't pay the kind of price for them. But they made a deal where the guy would take the gems and sell them on the other market and all that jazz, do what he wanted with them. But the BMA did make an offer to buy the treasure chests, the little chests, and there they sit in a display all about the pirate history of Baltimore. And that was the case of Ollie and the treasure map. <laughs>